It is Thursday, December 29th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Thursday Night Football will kick off week 17 of the NFL. And the Raiders will go into week 17 with a new man under center. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Dallas Cowboys at the Tennessee Titans tonight on Thursday Night Football. Derek Carr benched as the Raiders will go with Jared Stidham the rest of the way. And bowl mania continues. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We're going to start with Thursday Night Football as we welcome in the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. And let's jump right into this Thursday night game Fez, which I think is fascinating because I don't know who's playing for the Tennessee Titans. I don't think anyone should be playing for the Tennessee Titans because, as everyone knows, Tennessee's path to the playoffs is to beat Jacksonville week 18, and this is a throwaway game. On top of it, it is a Thursday throwaway game. There might be some um, unfamiliar faces playing for the Titans tonight. You know, it's interesting. We we recorded the Dream Pod uh, last night, and in the super contest, the line is ten and a half. I'm seeing thirteens on the board uh, right now for Thursday night. Would you consider playing the Cowboys on Thursday night as part of a contest, or you just don't play Thursday nights in general? I don't play Thursday nights in general. However, if you need to make up ground, a lot of the the, the wise guys don't play Thursday night. Also, that you got to catch up, and this is an opportunity to pick up a half a game on them. Because let's face it. Um, Contest strategy is such that oftentimes you're wanting to wait for line moves mm-hmm. to move and play the optimal lines. Well, if you're not in the top 20, then you're not going to move up in the standing. So you got to move up anyway. So this could be a free a free shot to pick up a half point on the, uh, the, the chip leaders. Let me tell you where I lean. And, AJ, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this game. I like betting the Titans team total under because I don't know how they're going to score if Derrick Henry doesn't play. And we've already seen them, how they've looked with Malik Willis. And we know this game means absolutely nothing because all they have to do is win the final game of the season against Jacksonville. I don't know what the effort's going to be like. I would look at the Titans team total under. Yeah, the scary thing about that is the the Cowboys defense has been great for a while now. Um, but when you really think about what the Cowboys are and what the, what the Titans are, I, I thought, well, I'd like a Titans team total under. I'd also like a Cowboys team total over. You can almost just looking at those two things, you say, well, I might as well just lay the points, which, you, and I know the. And that's as, a good point because the Cowboys team total right now, 25 and a half. Yeah, Titans, that's secondary. Titans is 13 and a half. So when you think about it like that, it's like, man, I know it's a big number and I know you could have had a better number early, but when it's sitting here still, let's say it's 12. There, it's, if you say that's the consensus line right now is 12. Is there still any value on a 12? Fence? No, no, because you're really playing under five because or under six. Where you where I'm going there is if the Titans get to six points, um, what are the odds the Titans are going to have six points with three minutes to play in this game? Pretty darn good, mm. which means when the Cowboys are ahead 31 to 10, 
do you really want against a prevent defense to watch after having the dead nut correct side and Tennessee can't move the ball the entire game and they come down the field and they get their backdoor touchdown? You think that? I mean, well, it's thirty-one to ten. They still don't even get backdoored if if they score a touchdown there. So. Well, well, if it's thirty, I'm saying if it's thirty-one to six and then they get the attack on the extra seven, I I I I, I refuse to go. Under any number below fourteen, it's just no. Too I'm hard. saying, is it does it make sense almost to play just the the, the spread of twelve? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I would rather lay twelve than play an under thirteen and a half. Okay. Yeah, because it feels like Dallas will get their points. Yeah, you'd like to. I mean, Tennessee's going to stink on offense. Tennessee's going to stink on defense. Uh, Dallas is going to score plenty. I, again, it feels square to take a twelve when yesterday you could have had a ten. The day before you could have had eight, but. I, now that we know the news that we know, it it almost feels like man, maybe there's still value in this number at twelve. All I mean, right, I'm going to throw out a plus two forty bet for everybody. It'll be approximately that. Will there be a special teams or defensive score? So I've got one team, Dallas, and this happened when Dallas was playing Indianapolis. We talked about the same proposition. We got one team that's really good ball hawking at putting the ball in the end zone on defense. That's Dallas. And they did it against Indianapolis, it seemed like about four times in the fourth quarter. And we got another team that's going to be completely dysfunctional on offense that um, is going to be prone to these sort of mistakes. So because of that, I think it's a good wager. So you think yes, defensive yes, or special plus team score? Yes, plus 240 on defensive or special team score. All right, I'm going to ask you a question and run the risk of getting yelled at. Would a Dumbo teaser <laughs> make sense here, even though Dumbo teaser means it doesn't make sense? but taking the Cowboys down below seven and taking the under pushing the total up. No, it'd be, it's a bing bong <laughs> teaser. Bing bong being that from that movie, not the, do the bing bong in New York. Bing bong. Yeah. So the, the childhood friend bing bong in that movie, they can never inside, inside out. out. Yes. Um, who's your special friend that likes to play bing the, bong, bing bong. That plays stupid teasers, totals and yeah. dumb sides. <laughs> Bing bong. Um, Bing bong. The, 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 the key with the teaser is that if there are advantage teasers, teasers that have an advantage that are non-traditional long teasers where you're not teasing through the corridor of three to seven, but only they only have an advantage if you had an advantage against the spread and on the total bet you're making. So if you have a good bet on the Cowboys, maybe the teaser Dallas down to minus six and a half mm-hmm. is, is a good bet, but it's only a good bet if Dallas minus 12 and a half is going to cover over 55% anyways. So just bet Dallas. Just take the 12 and a half. Yeah. Just lay the 12 and a half. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, what else is going on in the NFL. Derek Carr is benched. He is not going to play for the Raiders for the remainder of the season. And now we learn that he's actually stepping away from the team to avoid distraction, is this positive for the Raiders, negative for the Raiders? We've seen the line against the 49ers already skyrocket because of this. Well, if you look at the fact that the spread went from 5 to 10, yeah. I think you've got your answer there. So Derek Hart is Stidham's probably about four-point downgrade, I think. And the cumulative effect is at this line, which was at 6 dropped to five, and then it's gone all the way to ten. It's saying it's not just Derek Carr being worth four, but that this is a negative for the Raiders. And you got to wonder, are there going to be some other Raiders that maybe aren't going to be playing or won't be putting forth their best effort? I, You know, we, I talked about this on the pod last night. Derek Carr is beloved in that locker room because Derek Carr has been a guy who – there's not a lot of guys who are willing to go up and take all the bullets for his team. And Derek Carr has consistently done that and gone up and said, you know what, I I, I should have done this better. I should have done this better. Uh, 
it seems like his teammates really back him. I mean, he 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 had a teammate who killed a woman, and in the press conference the next day, he said, you know, I should have been there to to I should have been there for him. I should have taken a call. I should have I should have done something to help mm-hmm. him. I should have found a way to help him. And it's like this is a this is a real team guy who seems to bleed silver and black, and the fact that he's going to be away from the team altogether, and now you're saying, hey, Jarrett Stidham. Uh, the the first start you ever make in your career <laughs> is against this 49ers defense that's making experienced quarterbacks look stupid. Like they're doing him no favors. This is just this it's basically the Raiders saying, we don't care about winning anymore this season. We're done. It's hard to find a way to back the Raiders, even at, at 10. Yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of San Francisco fans at the Death Star. Over under percentage of fans. Is it going to be more Raider fans or 49er fans? Maybe a little few more Raiders? 49ers. Well, more Niners? Yeah. I'll go slight Raiders, but Mm. yeah. No, I think I'll go 60, 40, 49ers. Okay. Not as as overwhelming as it is in Los Angeles. Like if, you know, like Raiders fans in L.A. or even 49ers fans in L.A., I would say, though, you do get probably 60-40. But if you had season tickets and you knew, oh, we're starting Jarrett Stidham against the 49ers. No, you're selling them. You're selling those tickets. tickets. We're done for the season. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to be there. And, you know, what's interesting, because I know that the Golden Knights have a tremendous following, but my experience when I come to Vegas is we are a city. I've never seen such um, a lack of interest um, when the team is down like the Rebels. And like when um, I grew up in Dayton and when the Flyers were, would have an average year, you know, the fans would still pack that 13,000 stadium. Mm-hmm. There'd be 11,000 and they'd all be cheering like crazy for our Dayton Flyers. When the Rebels are bad, nobody cares. We're, we are a fair weather uh, uh, fandom. And, of course, we don't really know yet with the Golden Knights because they've been good every year. Yeah, this is to me, it's New Year's Day. It's Vegas. It's National Hangover Day. No one's going to this game. Raiders How many stink. fans will be in attendance that will not have slept all day long and then attend the game? It's a possibility. Maybe, maybe I'll go eight and a half. God, dude, was, now I think it's a it tough a, ticket to get because I do think there are 49ers fans that are trying to get into this game. There was a story on the AP today. Do you know how many people are expected on the Vegas Strip and like between the Strip and Fremont downtown? Mm-hmm. How many people they're expecting in from out of town on New Year's? Three million. Three hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. That's less this, than the NFL this is draft. Not in, this is not an Argentina World Cup. Uh, yeah, but that's sorry. a lot of people. Yes. A lot of extra people <laughs> in town. I wouldn't want to go out at all. Like, I, I mean, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm a 49er fan, I guess I'm, I'm fighting through it. But Because you know a lot of 49ers fans probably based this, like, let's do a road game this year. Where are we going to go? Oh, New Year's, Vegas, that's the there, one. You know, there's nothing better, though, than spending – a weekend on the strip when you have a nice room and you can just like look down on the crowds and mm, you've got a good view. Plebs. And then, and yeah, and, you're, and it's not that crowded inside because they, you know, they kind of police the casinos to like, like in terms of that. Like, I remember like doing New Year's like 15 years ago and they'd actually close the doors in the casinos, you know, and so to, be, to, to keep from to, uh, crowd control, you need to show your room key to get in. Yes. It's going to be fireworks all over the place on the strip for New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm like thinking I have to drive to uh, Centennial Hills for New Year's. That's why I'm, go- I'm going to a party. So uh, I'm thinking like amateur hour. Couldn't you now find I a, gotta, better, a better? I got to go away. I, I got to find a way to avoid. I guess I could take the 215 all the way around. You know where I'm going? Taking the 15. Boulder City. 
That's right. Are you? Ooh. There's going to be about 400 people there. That's what I'm in for. That's By the way, bad. for those who've never been to Boulder City, it's a little hamlet. Um, it's kind of like Middletown, Ohio. It's a cute little Main Street. And it's like what you put, like the the show, uh, the movie Cars, Radiator Springs, is kind of like Boulder City. Yeah. If you've ever <laughs> like, been to Reno, Nevada, divide by 12 and take away all the gambling. Yeah. There just, you have just it. One little, one little Main Street, little cute yeah. little downtown. That's, it. that's got a, it is. It's got a beer bar there that is going to have a... Uh, and it's going to be, be on for New Home Year's, of so. some of the best golf courses. Very nice. Golf um, the, the Cascada, one of the uh, premier golf courses. You've got um, two and, Boulder Creek and Boulder and City golf what? courses. You are not far from the Arizona border where, where you, you can, can legally place bets on certain apps. And, and I will make the case one of the nicest um, cemeteries that I've ever been to Veterans Memorial Cemetery out there in the you know by the mountains and the and and the desert and my 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 father-in-law is there so we go to see him um, every now and then it's beautiful Veterans Memorial uh, Cemetery. Hmm. Did not know that. Good little town. That's where I'll be for New Year's. All right. Not, well, I'm, not I'm, in the hubbub with you. Well, I'm just trying. Just saying, I'm going to have to avoid strip traffic, which is going to be. What are you murder. doing for New Year's, Steve? I am betting sports all day oh, long. Oh, come on. Not at midnight. And then I'm a vegetable from all the work that I've, that I've done, basically, and then we collapse. And usually what, what it, it's – I might go over to my father's, who has a nice view of the strip, and we might watch the fireworks, you know, at, right. at midnight then with them. A little champagne? I have gone to sleep before New Year's the last few years. I've been so wiped <laughs> up. Because you got to remember, New Year's Day is an enormous day for oh, betting. Oh, certainly is. It's yeah. one of the most profitable days. I'm screaming at my buddy, Dalimon. Who's like, he wants to go play poker. And it's right. It's like one of the most profitable nights to play poker against all the tourists. And like, but I'm telling him, like, if you're an accountant, you know, you don't go to Hawaii on April 4th to the 11th or go play <laughs> poker. Like, this is where you, you're printing money. You're ma- if you're doing this right, you're making money. I'll use an example. Just on my first quarter bet um, two days ago, I played over 13 and a half and under 13 and a half. Well, why would I do that? I get vigged out. Well, because I because I got plus one seventy in one direction and minus one twenty in the other, mm. so I got a fifty cent scalp on a first quarter. Can't lose, you know, if I yeah. played an equal amount on on both sides. So I mean, bets like that don't pop up in the middle of July on baseball games. Yeah, well, it is the benefit of now uh, living on Pacific time is the college football playoff will be over. Plenty of time to go. Hang out and, and enjoy your New Year's because the game, the second game, Ohio State Georgia is five o'clock Pacific time. Set your alarm. The games will start at eight a.m. the next morning. The NF, not the NFL games. The college. There football. is no college games on on New Year's Day. Oh, because the NFL is on New Year's Day. Oh, so we got so to take a break, oh, Fez. Oh, no, even worse. So set my alarm for like six a.m. to like get and start betting all the props the and all the yeah. information. And there's always some idiot kicker that gets ruled out, and I can play longest field goal Justin Tucker minus one twenty five when it should be minus one eighty. So no champagne for you on New Year's is what you're saying. I'll ha- I'll I'll work hungover. It's fine. Okay, that's what I'm, I'm not anti alcohol. Right. So because we're not going to speak to you before New Year's, do you have any thoughts on? The, the semifinals, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia? Zero. Zero. Okay, just going just gonna to follow the leads. You know, I'll use an example of a game that got there, okay, with Kansas, all right? And you know what? It didn't get there, so it's even better. It so got there. If, um, so Kansas, like, plus four, great bet. Plus three, good bet. And I see this all the time, and people disagree with me, but I can tell you that my experience has always been the steam chasers, went, because this line went all the way down to one. Okay, at post. So you could add Arkansas minus one. And I see people that are betting good, hard-earned money 
I mean, for that line to get to one, someone had to bet plus two, and someone had to bet plus one half at these books to bring it all the way down to one. If if you won with Kansas plus three, that's that's great bet. Line's closing one and a half. Thank you. If you bet Kansas like plus one and a half, like like you you have no idea what you're doing. You should whatever you lost, you should have lost triple because the line was four for like weeks and weeks and weeks. You cannot win when you like. If if you're going to use the bathroom like at at, at 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 an oversold sporting event, you know you don't go in there like late in the fourth quarter after everyone else has had all their beer <laughs> and the place is like about to be condemned. Don't be the last one in the bathroom on the line move. You don't have to be the first one in. You don't have to bet Kansas plus four and a half. You cannot bet Kansas plus two and a half, plus two, plus one and a half, um, and ultimately. You know, Kansas could have won that game outright. Yeah, they could have lost by three easily mm. as well. If, if if Kansas loses by three, you cannot lose because you're holding a Kansas minus two and a half ticket. What about the over? Sharp play or, or dummy play? It's always hard because college football. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch the game closely. You know, when I went, I, I, I watched the points first, in the last minute and a half the, to send it to overtime. The, no big deal. It was twenty four seven seven minutes into the game, so I'm always like, it's hard for me to like begrudge anyone who played over when the game was trending so fast to the over. I don't know what happened to cause the scoring to drastically stop. I don't know why Arkansas seemingly didn't even have a third down in the first quarter, but couldn't score any points in the second half. I didn't watch the second half because we were doing our pod. Well, Fez, thank you so much. And uh, like I said, we won't speak to you before New Year's. So have a happy, a healthy, and a safe New Year's. And hey, be careful out there. Let's do it to them. Before they do it to us. <laughs> Thanks, Fez. Yesterday's bowl action, Duke, 30 to 13 winners over Central Florida. Duke kind of had their way this entire game. Plumley did not look himself. Shocking development. We kind of talked about that might be the case. Yeah, this is the game. We were both on the right side. We we both said Duke in the under in this game. Yeah, and Duke just controlled the game the entire time. Central Florida's offense was dead. Uh, it wasn't a, a a firework show by Duke by any stretch, but once they got out to a comfortable lead, they were up 27 at halftime and just sat on that lead, rolled mm-hmm. out, and got a nice, comfortable win. Congrats to Duke for winning the Mayo Bowl. The game of the day. The Military Bowl, Duke won. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. The Military Bowl, not the Mayo Bowl. I always get military and Mayo mixed up for mm. some reason. Uh, the game of the day, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bibbity. Arkansas, 55, Kansas, 53. Whew. Triple overtime. This was not for the faint of heart. If you had Kansas over or the over in this game, which I did, uh, this game was uh, – it should not have gone over. Like, no. if In the first half, you're thinking, oh, boy. Well, it was 24-7 to early, so you thought that you were on pace yeah, for – 31 for points in yep. the first quarter. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, money in the bank. Uh, but it took a miracle late in the game. A fumble, then a touchdown, then an onside kick recovery – then another touchdown. And then a two-point conversion. And then a two-point conversion. To send it to, to overtime. Send it to overtime. And, and this is now, this is also the site of that Memphis-Houston game this year that was a miraculous over. Yep. When Houston scored a touchdown, then got the onside kick, and then scored another touchdown. So, funny things happen at the Liberty Bowl. 
And if you thought that was something, imagine having a Kansas plus three ticket, which I also had. So they come all the way back, tie it, send it to overtime. Great news. And it gets to triple overtime where it is very, very difficult to lose a plus three ticket. Yeah, you got a two-point conversion fest. There you go. So Arkansas wins the Liberty Bowl. A lot of points put up for a team that didn't have much on the field uh, in way of offense. The San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Oregon comes back and wins 28-27 over North Carolina. Looked like North Carolina was in control of this game. Oregon outscores UNC 14-6 in the fourth quarter. Gets the one-point lead. And this was uh, a a doinked extra point away. From more football, it looks like. Yeah, it was. They sc- Oregon scores with like, 20 seconds left in the game. And so it's tied. That was a Bo, Mick, Bo Nix uh, touchdown pass. So the game is tied now. And uh, it was uh, an extra point that just doinked off the, the upright and win. And uh, the game, not nearly as high scoring as we thought it was going to be. And in the Texas Bowl, Texas Tech rolls Ole Miss 42-25. Ole Miss never had it together on offense. Lots of turnovers. Texas Tech had the ball inside. They like they started in Ole Miss territory. It felt like almost every drive, and could not score. It was as I had the over in this game, which fell short by three points. Every time it's going for it on fourth down, not getting it, <laughs> and it, a really frustrating game. But really, the 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 reason why this game didn't go over was because Ole Miss just didn't do their job. Tyler Shuck with a big game, 111 rushing yards and two touchdowns. This is a guy who, you know, I was worried he might not even play in this game. Instead, he ends up absolutely dominating it. Uh, Texas Tech with a big win in front of their recruiting base, 42-25 over Ole Miss down in Houston. Three college bowl games today as bowl mania, as AJ likes to say, continues. Syracuse and Minnesota in the bad boy mowers. Bad boy for life. Pinstripe bowl. Minnesota 11 point favorites. Total 44 and a half. Oklahoma, Florida State in the cheese it bowl. That game's going to be cheesy. That's uh, in Orlando. Florida State nine and a half point favorites. Total 65. And Texas, Washington in the Alamo Bowl played at... The Alamo Dome. Remember the Alamo. Texas is a three-point favorite. Total 67-and-a-half. AJ and I broke these games down earlier this week on our college football dream preview. Let's take a listen. The Pinstripe Bowl. Syracuse, Minnesota. Minnesota favored by nine-and-a-half points. So take the points here with Syracuse, and I'll tell you why. It's a home game for Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I know that the Bronx is not close to Syracuse, but Syracuse is New York's team. And there are countless amounts of Syracuse alumni in the city. And I've been to Syracuse games, whether it's, uh, they played at Yankee Stadium. I think it's Notre Dame one time. They, they did, uh, they've been in, I think they've been in pinstripe balls before. But this is going to be a... A pro-Syracuse crowd, I promise you. Most of Yankee Stadium will be all rooting for the Orange. Let me see. Did Syracuse play in the pinstripe bowl before? Uh, Yeah, they played the the first one against Kansas State. Then they played in the third one against West Virginia. They beat Kansas State 
36-34. They beat West Virginia 38-14. So 2-0 playing in the pinstripe bowl for the Syracuse Orange. This, like I said, this is a source of pride. This is a home game. You play this as far as all the all the the broadcasting alumni that might be at this game. You want them to donate money for your to your program. You show out in front of them. That's why it's important for them. Biggest loss, obviously, Sean Tucker, the, like the only good player on their offense. Well, they have won games though, or they have performed well in games without him being the main reason. Here's they the have problem. transformed their offense this year. Yeah, they started out 6-0. and They won a bunch of games early. Yes. Defensively. And then they did nothing in the second half of the season except beat a crumb-bum Boston College team. Yes. Like this, is, this was the phoniest contender early mm-hmm. in the season. That's why I can't back Syracuse here. I think they showed their true colors in the second half. And now without Sean Tucker, who's, I mean, literally the only bright spot about their offense – uh, their OC is gone. Robert and I, now he's gone to NC State. The offense is going to try to lean on Schrader. He's a solid runner, I guess, at least. Yeah. I didn't even mention Syracuse without their DC, who took the same job at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. The task for when you play Minnesota is slow down Muhammad Abraham. He is one of the best backs in the country. The fact that he is playing in this game Tells me it's important to him. Or this guy is an inv- he's in the or, NFL. Like, or he only plays a half. Or he, he could. We don't, we don't know. You, that's true. And you run the risk with a guy that has a future like that. You run the risk with a guy in uh, their center who might be a first round NFL pick. Yeah. I don't see Minnesota trying to throw the ball. No. Like that's just not what they do. And the ACC is weird. So like when you look at Syracuse and you look at the their you know, their game log, how they've done against rushing teams. Like, the ACC is a weird blend of teams that don't try to run mm-hmm. the ball ever at all. So if you look at Syracuse's season-long numbers, it's like, oh, they're not bad against the run. When you dig into the teams that committed to run against Syracuse, you look at Florida State. They ran for one million yards. <laughs> you look at Notre Dame. They ran for one million yards. I don't know that I trust their defense. I know Minnesota's going to commit to the run. That worries me. Here's what I don't like about Minnesota. I, everything I've read about this game, P.J. Fleck and Dino Babers are buddies. Mm-hmm. I don't think – and I've seen P.J. Fleck in bowl games blow teams out, humiliate teams. You're saying he's not going to run up the score. I don't think he wants to blow them out. I think that this – I just think one team might be – a little, you know, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but kind of like mystified by the atmosphere. You're playing a football game at Yankee Stadium. It's kind of cool, right? It's kind of cool for these college kids. For Syracuse, it's 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 nothing. And like I said, it's going to be a home game for them with the crowd. And if they're going to commit to the passing game, and with Garrett Schrader's ability to run the football, it helps that Minnesota is dead last in college football and tackles for loss. So they're not getting in the backfield. Schrader will have time to throw as long as he handles his business and doesn't make any errant throws. He should be able to have a good day. I think Syracuse keeps this close. I'm not, tell- I'm not saying a 10-point dog is going to win this game outright. I think they're going to keep it close. All right. So it looks like we, we disagree a little bit on this one. I, I'm, I would say I, I'd lean to, a, to Minnesota here. I don't think there's a lot of points scored in this game. I, I don't know that I don't know how Syracuse scores is my biggest concern. Like it, w- without Sean Tucker, I don't know where their offense comes from. 
So that's why I'm leaning to Minnesota here. Let's look at the Cheez-It Bowl. Boy, you talk about a team that is skyrocketing right now. Stock is rising on Florida State, and they get a team that could not be any more brand name based because Mm -hmm. there is nothing else to like about this Oklahoma team. There's panic in Norman right now. They they are having, there's major opt outs, major transfers, Eric Gray, who's essentially the only good thing they're running back about the, the Sooners offense this season. He's opted out. Both starting offensive tackles are out. Their defensive tackle, Jalen Redmond's opted out. The offense took about a hundred steps back under Venables and you'd think, well, I'm, that makes sense. Lincoln Riley was so good on offense, but I'm sure the defense is better, right? No, the defense is worse somehow. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this team. And here's the other thing. Florida State, boy, they're excited. This team is pumped. They don't have major opt-outs. They won their last five games, 4-1 and one ATS. I think if you said today – you put if you said no opt outs, everybody like you're playing for the ACC championship. Who's the best team in the ACC today? I think it's Florida State. Mm. And the announcement that Jordan Travis is going to come back next year, I think guys they they've got this whole program buzzing. Uh, the bad thing is Florida State stinks in the secondary. I don't know that Oklahoma can take advantage of it. This game is big for Florida State in that even though Oklahoma. They suck. Mm-hmm. They still have a brand name. This is big. If Florida State were playing, I don't know, throw me a, a UAB. I think UAB is a way better team than Oklahoma. If Florida State were playing UAB or Troy, this game wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel as big. Yeah. The flash of beating Oklahoma, even while they're down, is, is awesome. They're going to get to 10 wins with this win. I th- and when you look at the ACC next year, Wake Forest, quarterback, leaving. North Carolina State, quarterback, leaving. Uh, North Carolina, or, I mean, North Carolina, best receiver, leaving. Yeah. Clemson, uh, Clemson the their quarterback, over. leaving. Clemson, well, that's a good thing for Clemson. But guess what? Florida, Florida State's a bye team. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think Florida State is, like I said, they're skyrocketing right now. I like Florida State, minus nine. Uh, I like over 66. I think they have their way with this Oklahoma defense. So I think Dylan Gabriel is talented enough to make plays against Florida State and possibly keep Oklahoma in it for a little bit. If anything, I like Oklahoma in the first half. And then I think everything goes downhill. Because I think what's going to happen is Oklahoma is going to have to sell out to stop the run and just force Jordan Travis to beat them. It might work. In the first half. In the second half, the lack of depth, the opt-outs, it's going to catch up to them. So I think Oklahoma keeps it close for a half. I think Florida State pulls away. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Brent Venables, who did not have a good first year as the head coach, to treat this game as a jump start on next season, which a lot of coaches are doing now in these bowl games. To, he's going to play some underclassmen and see what he has as they get ready for spring football. So I think Florida State pulls away in the second half. If there was a, if it was like a, you know, multiple bets I'd make on this game: Oklahoma first half, Florida State second half. All right, let's go to San Antonio, where we're playing the Alamo Bowl, Washington, remember and Texas, the Alamo. Remember it indeed. Excuse me, where's the basement? <laughs> 
Washington is a three and a half point favorite, or excuse me, a three and a half point dog in this game. Total, oh, I don't get it. Is sixty seven and a half. And I think the opt-outs are what you're going to hear about the most for Texas. Yes. There's no Bijan Robinson. Correct. No Roshan Johnson. Correct. Uh, no Demarion Overshone. Correct. I, I I don't know if the list is done. There may be more opt-outs come game day. Here's what I will say, because I know there's a bunch of people who are like, Washington's a slam dunk. Texas has the best running back depth in the country. Those two guys sitting out is, I mean, Bijan Robinson's the best running back in the country, mm-hmm. hands down, in my opinion. It's it's you're not going to upgrade with him out of the game, but Jonathan Brooks has run really well in limited duty this year, and Jadon Blue is was the number one running back recruit in the country who's just been sitting and waiting. Mm-hmm. The, the like of all the running backs in the country, they said you're the best one, and he said okay, I'm going to Texas. I know this kid because he went to the same school in Texas that my son was going to, so we're talking about real depth at this position, I don't think it's the end of the world. The cupboard isn't bare here. That said, the things that Texas does really well on defense probably don't matter against Washington. Texas, great stopping the run. Well, guess what? Washington doesn't care. They don't run the ball. Texas, great getting after the passer. Guess what? Michael Penix gets the ball out so fast it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Uh, The... They are a quick pass offense. They pick apart zones. Guess what Texas plays exclusively in the secondary? Zone. Mm -hmm. The home field advantage, though, is big for Texas. Obviously, the Alamo Dome is about an hour and a half from campus. I think the edges point a little bit to Washington. I've heard a lot of people say this is a slam dunk. Slam dunk. I don't think this is a slam dunk. What I do think is that both teams have plenty of offensive success. Washington, who has been... DBU. They've been putting corners in the in the pros for like the last decade and just reloading. They didn't do that this time. There was no reload. Their secondary is abysmal. And without these running backs, I don't think anybody in the country, I don't think any, maybe Cade Klubnik, I don't know that there's another quarterback who benefited more from these extra practices than Quinn Ewers did. Because he wasn't in a pro style offense last year, he didn't or in at Ohio State. He wasn't he wasn't taking first team reps first of all, but he wasn't it wasn't a pro style offense. I think he benefits. I think Ewers has a great game. He's had some duds. I can't picture him having one here against this secondary, but I think Washington has tons of success too. I lean to Washington getting points here. I like the over sixty seven and a half. Let me ask you something: If Ewers does not have a good game. Mm-hmm. Does it feed into the conversation about Arch Manning being sure. the quarterback next year? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think. So, would you say that there's pressure on viewers in this game? Yeah, I don't. But I mean, God, if you've if you've got pressure, the first the, like if I could pick a defense to have a cross for me in this yeah, game, it'd sure, be that one. Sure. Um, but in a game that you know you're going to have to score on every drive, because the opponent is probably going to score on yep. every drive. All it takes is one or maybe two Quinn Ewers interceptions and Washington pulls away in this game. I don't think Michael Penix gets stopped. They are the best third down team in the country. They don't get stopped. And I I, I, I get it. Texas is, has extreme amounts of talent. But without relying on their running game 
I don't know if they can keep pace with Washington scoring But that's points. what I'm telling you. I think they will still have success running the football. They will still these the running backs that they have for depth are elite running backs. I, we'll be talking about these guys next year. And you're right. I, nobody's nobody's been stopping uh nobody's been stopping Washington, but they've also been playing in the Pac-12 where yep. defense is very very optional. Um it, it, it's I, I don't know that I'm buying fully into how great this offense – I think the offense is good. I think Penix obviously is is good. And I think he's motivated because this is his first bowl he's game. He's motivated because he should have been invited to New York. Yeah. For so the Heisman ceremony. I, I think This guy had better numbers than anybody. I think he has a big game, but I'm not buying into that Texas is somehow overmatched because they don't have running backs in this game. I, I, I don't believe that to be true. So, again, I'm not I'm, – I won't play the side – I like the over because I think both teams have plenty of offensive success. Yeah, I would agree with that. I go Washington in the over. So those were our previews of the three bowl games coming up here today on Thursday for the Friday games. You can listen to the college football dream preview on RJ Bell's dream preview feed, and we will record a special bonus episode coming up on Friday as we preview the weekend. And that includes the college football playoff semifinals on Saturday. Yesterday in college hoops, there was one matchup between two top 25 teams. The Alabama Crimson Tide took Mississippi State to the woodshed. 78-67 winners in that matchup. LSU got an upset win over Arkansas. UConn, we actually talked about this game yesterday. UConn taking on Villanova. Villanova was a 13-point favorite. Got bet down to 12. 74-66 final. Always remember, Villanova, a proud program. You're not just going to run those guys out of the gym like Houston did to Tulsa, 89-50. to One other noteworthy game, Mizzou, 89-75 winners over Kentucky. I guess I won the last noteworthy game. Xavier gave St. John's their their third loss of the year, now fall to 11-3, 84-79 winner Xavier. And New Mexico. Moves to 13 and 0 with wow. 88 69 win over Colorado State. A ton of money came in on Colorado State. New Mexico said, We don't care about that. Jumped out to a 49 24 lead at halftime and cruised to a victory. So, New Mexico with another big win. Not a great slate today, uh, unless you like, you know, guy, the number one team in the country, Purdue, and you're saying, yeah, I feel like laying 36 points oh. against Florida A&M. I, I made that game 35. You could do that. <laughs> you could do – my, my numbers make it 35 and a half. You could have done that. Or you may like Iowa taking on Nebraska. Iowa Corn covers. Iowa's a four-and-a-half point favorite here. Last time we saw Iowa, they were 31-and-a-half point favorites. And lost. And lost outright, 92-83 to Eastern Illinois. Oh, ugh. not a good look, but uh, Iowa looks to get back on track at corn tonight. Uh, so that may be interesting to see whether Iowa can can get things back on track without Chris Murray, uh, who is obviously a big part of what they do. And without Connor McCaffrey did not work out against Eastern Illinois. The World Junior Hockey Championships continue in Halifax, Nova Scotia. You ever been to Nova Scotia? Never been. You ever been to Halifax? If I've never been to Nova Scotia, <laughs> and Halifax is in Nova Scotia. Have you ever been to Canada? I have. Where have you been in Canada? Vancouver. 
Vancouver. Oh, West Coast. Okay. I have never been to Vancouver. I would like to go to Vancouver. I heard it's a beautiful city. It's I've just only, like Seattle on the other side of the border. That's pretty much what I've heard. Uh, I've only been to Toronto and Montreal. It's like Seattle, but more expensive, which is really hard to believe. <laughs> uh, the thing I like about Quebec, at least, is that it's uh, it's very European. Ooh. You know, a lot of European well, they speak French. Yes, they do. So it kind of feels like you're in another country, whereas you go to Toronto, it just kind of feels like you're in another American city. At least okay. that's my experience. It's kind of like it's like New York almost, but uh, you definitely feel like you're in another another country when you're in Montreal. So and, Montreal and Toronto. You don't oh. pronounce the second T. Toronto. It's Toronto. Okay. Yeah, that's how you say it. But no, this tournament's taking place in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, in the United States, with a crushing loss yesterday at the hands of the Slovaks. What? Yeah, it was a very upsetting, a very disappointing loss for the United States. Uh, they came in as massive favorites and losing to Slovakia by a six-three score. This was just—it was the second period. The United States had a two-one lead. After the first period and just completely let it slip away. Terrible performance in that second period. So they lose six to three. And uh, you have have to start to now look at the next couple of games. And they need to win and they need to make up goal differential. I'll go over the standings in just a second. But we also saw Canada just absolutely annihilate Germany 11 to two. And this was an important game because Canada suffered a shocking upset loss in their opening game. They lost five, two to the Czech Republic. So they needed to win and they needed goal differential as well. They certainly did it with an 11 to win over Germany. So if you look at the standings right now, the United States is in fourth place in their group. They need wins. They need goals. Right now, they have eight goals for and eight goals against. Math major AJ, that's a goal differential of? 0.0. Exactly. They have one win and one loss on their record. So they only have three points. Switzerland has four points tied with Finland atop the group. And in Group A, you got the Czech Republic and Sweden, both with six points. Canada, with the win, now has three points. So taking a look at the games that are coming up today, the United States, keep in mind, needs a win, needs goal differential to go into their final game against Finland with a chance to maybe win this group. The United States is going to be playing Switzerland later today. They are two-and-a-half goal favorites I would bet on a bounce-back performance from this U.S. squad. Meanwhile, this is going to be crazy. Canada, fresh off that dominating win over Germany, is playing Austria. Austria lost their first game to Sweden 11-0. They lost their second game to the Czech Republic 9-0. In two games, they have been outscored 20-0. Ooh. The spread in this game. Is that game, good or is that a bad goal differential? I feel like they're just happy to be there. Okay. You know, the spread in this game, Canada minus 10 and a half goals. Oh my goodness. And the over is 11 and a half. So obviously one's not happening without the other. The only way over 11 and a half hits is if Canada covers 10 and a half goals. Other games, or there's a massive upset. Or there's a massive upset, exactly, <laughs> and it's like a 7-5, whatever. Uh, here's what's happening. You have Finland and Latvia. Finland minus 2.5 goals over Latvia. Latvia goaltending has been really, really good in this tournament. Uh, total is 5.5. 
might consider a look at the under. Finland beat Slovakia 5-2 to the other day. They lost their first game to Switzerland 3-2. to You have the Czech Republic and Sweden. Uh, Sweden is minus a goal and a half. Total in that one is six. Sweden, I mentioned the 11-0 domination of Austria, but just a 1-0 win over Germany. So they are undefeated. The Czech Republic, meanwhile, with the upset win over Canada 5-2 and the 9-0 route of Austria, they as well are undefeated. So it should be a really good matchup between those two nations coming up later on today in Halifax, Nova Scotia. As we get into the NHL, AJ, allow me to vent a little bit. Um, I gave out a three-star play on pregame.com last night on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I knew that Aiden Hill was starting in net for VGK. It was the second night of a back-to-back. It, it, it happens. But I did some some data, this research, if you will, some trend research. And it was just pretty overwhelming as far as uh, favorites on the second night of a back-to-back, how they look. Cover almost 64% this season. So I felt confident playing Vegas after they lost on uh, Tuesday. I felt confident playing them on Wednesday for a bounce-back performance, especially against a bad Ducks team, who is one of the worst teams in the league, and John Gibson in goal, who is one of the worst goaltenders in the league this year. Vegas outshot the Ducks 50-22 to in regulation. They dominated the game. But Aiden Hill, the backup goaltender for our Vegas Golden Knights, gave up two really soft goals on the first five shots he faced. And after the second goal, we're talking midway through the first period, Coach Bruce Cassidy says, that's it, you're out of the game. Because he should have saved them. They were One was a shot from the pretty much in front of the blue line that was just it, it, I'm sorry, you're an NHL goaltender. You got to make that save. It wasn't a deflection. He wasn't screened. It was just a straight-on shot on net, and he was slow to it. So he gets pulled from the game. Logan Thompson, who is their starter, comes into the game, proceeds to stop the next 22 shots he faces. That's right. That's including overtime. He stops 22 shots, doesn't allow a single goal. Vegas scores two. They go into overtime. Vegas loses in a shootout. Just a... Uh, strange scenario where if Hill doesn't give up those two soft goals, I don't think the Ducks score at all. And Vegas, man, if you told me that John Gibson made 51 saves in this game, I would have, I would have bet you any amount of money that doesn't happen. If you told me Vegas cut 57 shots on net, I would have said the over hit and Vegas covered a goal and a half, not they lost three, two in a shootout. So just the, Hey, Sometimes it happens that way. All the all the handicapping and scouting in the world can't do nothing if you just run into either a hot goaltender or a, a hot pitcher or something. Just happens. Things happen. So tonight, let's take a look at what we got. Really exciting game in Tampa. Rangers and Lightning. Lightning coming off a 4-1 win last night against the Canadiens. Andre Vasilevsky was in net for that game. So there's a chance we don't see Vasilevsky in this game against the Rangers. If that's the case, kind of like the Rangers as dogs, line is plus 115 for the Rangers right now. The Lightning are minus 135 favorites. Elsewhere, you got the Blue Jackets and the Islanders. Let's wait and see who's in net for the Blue Jackets because if it's Elvis, well, 
He has left the building. Thank you very much. Man. And we're probably going to have to bet against them. Uh, Blackhawks against the Blues. Blues are overwhelming favorites. Maple Leafs at the Coyotes at the Mullet Arena. You know, the Coyotes are an interesting team because they play so well against the Avalanche but then lose to everybody else. So they just come, they're coming off a win as a heavy underdog against the Avs. Maybe they falter here to the Leafs. The Leafs are, are heavy uh, favorites in this one. Uh, elsewhere, just not not a lot of really, you know, tight matchups. Some interesting matchups, fun matchups. Senators-Capitals could be a fun one. It could be a high-scoring game. Total is six. Have to wait on goaltender announcements for that one, but... You know, a, lot, a lot of young stars for the Senators. Ovechkin, you know, still can score. Uh, stars and Wild could be a fun game. Could be an under type of game. Minnesota minus 120 with a total of six. So full slate as we get rocking and rolling here and get ready for the weekend and New Year's festivities and the games that will take place on New Year's Eve and then the Winter Classic. Boy, we cannot wait for that. You ready for the Winter Classic? Tell me. Winter Classic on Monday, January 2nd at Fenway Park, the Penguins and the Bruins. Going to be a great game. I can't wait. One of the best things they do in hockey. If you had to choose where you would play an outdoor hockey game, where would it be? Not like what would what would be your suggestion for a winter classic? Um hmm. Where do they usually do it in where do they usually do it? They usually baseball stadiums, football stadiums. Uh maybe Minnesota's new baseball park. Uh, have they done one there? Let's see. They've done, let me read. I don't know if they have done Minnesota. Here's where they've played games so far. So winter classic has been, let's see. Yes, they did one in Minnesota target oh. field. That was okay. recently. That was Does it have year. to be cold? That was last year. How do I not remember last Does year? Does it have to be cold? Uh, no, they did one in uh, LA, which was interesting. Okay. Maybe maybe do one in Houston. Well, that wasn't excuse me. That wasn't the uh, Winter Classic. That was the Stadium Series. So it was another type uh-huh. of outdoor game. But Winter Classic. So it was in Minnesota last year. Target Field. It was at the Cotton Bowl. Okay. The uh, in twenty twenty between Nashville and Dallas. So that was really cool. Uh, Boston and Chicago played at Notre Dame Stadium. You had the Rangers Sabers at City Field. Uh, Blackhawks Blues at Bush Stadium, Gillette Stadium is hosted, Nationals Park, Michigan Stadium saw 105,000 people Damn. between the Red Wings and the Maple Leafs. Uh, Citizens Bank, Heinz Field, Fenway's done it once before, Wrigley, and in Buffalo, Ralph Wilson Stadium had 71,000 people, Penguins and Sabres. This is my suggestion. You do the Nashville Predators at Neyland Stadium. I didn't even think of that. That's a really good one. It's a, it's a little bit of a drive. I didn't think but of it'd that. Be cool. I didn't think of that. This is what I said: Nashville against Carolina at Bristol Motor Speedway. Okay. Think about that. Think yeah. about how cool it was watching the football game there. Yeah. Now imagine a hockey game there. Yeah. That would be amazing. What about Nashville, Carolina, Bristol Motor Speedway? That's a good one. Yesterday was a day of good, bad, and ugly for the NBA. Let's start with the good. The where next, never lose. Zion Williamson oh. <laughs> scored the final 14 points of the game. Wow. And wins it for the Pelicans. 119-118 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were down five with three and a half minutes left. Here's CJ McCollum's quote uh, about the game plan. Get the ball to Z and get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> 
That's amazing. It worked. Zion scores the final 14 points, finished with a career-high 43 in the win, finally giving him the lead with 39 seconds to go in the game. So that's a cool little story, a, a, nice, uh, a nice game for Zion. The bad, Devin Booker, the Suns guard, looks like he is going to miss at least four weeks with an injury. Damn. Obviously a big loss for Phoenix, who also took a big loss on the court last night, 127-102, losers to the Wizards. Now let's get into the ugly, where you wouldn't believe it, but there was a fight in Detroit. It'll be an over and back. Oh, boy. Best, and then Mo Wagner. Oh, he's into the Pistons bench. And they surround him. He's down low, down underneath everybody. Things have gotten out of control at Little Caesars Arena. No Wagner crashing into the Pistons bench after a push foul against Killian Hayes. There's Wagner down at the bottom of that pile and just now coming up for air. Former Michigan Wolverine. Well known in these parts. Yeah, fight in Detroit. Orlando's Mo Wagner appeared like he looked like he got knocked out for me. He got punched in the back of the head by Killian Hayes. Um, he was ejected for a flagrant foul, basically pushed Hayes out of bounds. Killian Hayes and Hamadou Diallo were also thrown out. And as you could hear in that clip, the, the Pistons PA announcer Remain calm. Stay in your seats. (laughs) They know better than that. It was a homecoming of sorts for Wagner, who played at Michigan. 34 seconds left in the first half, and uh, they were going after, basically going after a a loose ball. And uh, Wagner kind of, uh, I'd say, hip bumped, hip checked, hip checked. That'll work. He hip checked him into the bench. Starts a fight, and obviously everybody gets. Everybody gets tossed out of the game. And there could be a lot of suspensions because this happened in the Orlando bench area. And a lot of players got out of that bench area to get involved in the scuffle, which we all know that's the big Mm -hmm. no no. Uh, But we will see, you know, we'll see how how it turns out. But uh, obviously, not didn't quite get to malice at the Palace 2 level. No malice at the Palace. And I say it's all thanks to that PA announcer who really saved the day. Stay in your seats. Stay in your seats. Do not get out of your seats. I think he said, let the players handle it on the floor. <laughs> let these fools yeah, throw down. I think that's what he was saying. Uh, and let, the Brooklyn Nets, I did I did say at the beginning, they, they won their 10th straight game. So They did. Let's take a look at the schedule for today. The Thunder, one-and-a-half-point favorites at the Hornets. My, Cla- my Cavaliers. Your Cavs. Uh, minus four-and-a-half at the Pacers. The Clippers, six-point dogs at Boston. Grizzlies, two-point favorites at the Raptors. Knicks, minus four-and-a-half at San Antonio. Rockets, plus 11-and-a-half at the Mavs. We thank you guys for being a part of Straight Out of Vegas AM each and every morning. Uh, we love you guys, and that's why we want to keep uh, spreading the joy and the coupons that you can use at pregame.com. Which, by the way, if you haven't done already, I don't know what you're waiting for. Because if you sign up for pregame.com as a new user, you just get $25 for free to spend on anything. 
So, and then after you do that, you're able to use any coupon that we give out. And we're giving out coupons in every single podcast. So every time you listen to this show, you're getting a discount. Here's what we're giving you today. 20% off using the promo code CHEERS20. Yesterday, what did we do? Toast? Toast. <laughs> I had toast. I promised you I would, and I did. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to do cheers. 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 Tw- Norm. Cheers 20. Cheers is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Cheers 20 is the promo code 20% off for listeners of this podcast at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Mom.